0: to Books in the Freezer, a podcast dedicated to the deliciously disturbing world of horror fiction. Today I am joined once again by author Brianna Morgan and we are getting spooky because we are talking about Halloween horror. Welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to talk about spooky books again.
0: And it is the season. It is like the time of year.
1: It really is. It's, it's witch bitch autumn. It's time.
0: It's the time we wait for all year long. I mean, we read horror books all year long, but it is like, this is when everything comes together. Like all the vibes are there. Nature is giving us the vibes. It just feels right. You have a Halloween-centric short story collection.
1: I do. The Trick or Treater and Other Stories. So that is a collection of Short stories, as the name implies. (laughs) Um, They're centered around all kinds of different uh, scary things. So there's monsters, there's body horror with a little touch of cosmic horror, too. There's uh, man versus nature, there's man's inhumanity to man. We have a little bit of everything. So no matter what you're into horror wise, I think you'll like at least one of the stories.
0: Perfect. And Halloween centric, of course.
1: Yes. The very first story actually takes place the night before Halloween.
0: Ooh, okay. I did wanna know, oh, because I know that's such a regional thing. What is it called like in your area, the night before Halloween? Because I grew up in Southern California and it was called Mischief Night.
1: We actually I do not I don't I don't think I know anyone who's ever called it anything except the night before Halloween. I've also heard Devil's Night. Yeah. Um I've but heard I think that. that was on like Rocket Power. Or <laughs> really
0: aging aging myself there. Rocket Power was the best.
1: It was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I've heard Mischief Night, Devil's Night. I feel like there was another one. Since
0: Halloween Eve. I One of the books I read takes place in New England, and they call it Cabbage Night. like Why? Real... I don't know. People from New England, please confirm.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Do people like carve cabbages or something?
0: <laughs> Wasn't it like the pranking night? Maybe they are throwing cabbages at buildings. Who nose I'm
1: gonna have to look that up after this
0: now <laughs> do you dress up for Halloween or are you a big Halloween person
1: oh yeah the past couple of years I haven't really been able to do much because you know yeah the, the state, state of the world,
0: world.
1: <laughs> yeah and we moved into our house like almost three years ago and I was so excited to be in a neighborhood with kids because I love seeing all the kids costumes and I love handing out candy to trick-or-treaters and I wanted to dress up for that but um, I think this is the first year I'm going to get to do that. And I'm so excited. Uh, I'm going to be Chucky. I, I'm i very excited. Kids like Chucky. I thought I would be too scary. But then I wore it to. Um, I wore the costume to Dragon Con. And I had so many kids come up to me.
0: <laughs> it is really funny. Um, how much like horror icons are like. The kids are so into that. Well, like my son. Not to out him, but he's a little scared of stuff like he has no interest in like actually watching horror but like when we were decorating his room he's like how about we paint it black we put a giant picture of pennywise on one wall and then on the ceiling in red paint we put you'll float too i'm like um (laughs) i'm like this seems for someone who is uh scared to sleep with the lights off i think maybe a little intense <laughs> it's not i mean that's
1: not really easing into it either that's just like full tilt he wants to be terrified every night
0: i'm like you are my son like i do <laughs> <laughs> i can i can see it he's gonna be ghost face uh for halloween and then uh i'm gonna be sydney
1: because that's so cute
0: i have the clothes for it <laughs>
1: I I was going to be sexy ghost face literally just the mask and then like lingerie but then I remember that one it's cold and two I don't the logistics of having that much skin showing at a party where people are drunk and there's stuff being spilled and there's like fire
0: I just don't I don't need that no <laughs> just don't need that no and yeah I think I always forget how cold it is in October and like I I live in Pennsylvania now where it's you know a bit colder than where I grew up in California but it still is like I remember even growing up like my mom would be like you have to wear a long sleeve shirt under that and I'm like you're going to ruin the costume mom I can't wear a jacket with this costume it's going to ruin it the aesthetic <laughs>
1: When I was in college, I used to be like, oh, I'll do the sexy Halloween costume thing. And I never did it. I've always just been scary. So I think part of me like that still wants to kind of fit in is like, oh, yeah, I'll do it this year. It'll
0: be wild because I never do it. And I'm just like, no, I want to be scary. I think it's cool to lean into that. Oh, I always want to like I always in my mind like plan out costumes and then I don't do anything and then it's like the week before Halloween and I'm like I'm gonna throw together random stuff I have here we go
1: I did that one year I literally was just um I just used stuff I had and then I drew like two lines here and I put my hair in pigtails and I did like fake freckles and made my eyes look bigger and I was a creepy doll and people love that and it it took like
0: two minutes So sometimes those are the best ones. Those are the ones that count. So growing up, was your family really into Halloween? Like, did you guys decorate, do trick-or-treating? So,
1: yeah, I actually, I mean, I know we've talked about this. I grew up religious, so we would go to the fall festival. But it wasn't like Halloween was off limits or anything. It was just, it was like an obligation almost. We would go to a fall festival dressed up, and then we would come home, and then we would go trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, sometimes I would be resentful that we had to go to Fall Festival because it meant we couldn't start trick-or-treating as early as everyone else. And I was always worried that the, that the other kids would get all the good candy. Uh, but yeah, yeah, my mom used to make our Halloween costumes. Really? Like, I remember my brother, he was like three. We were dressed up as the Hunchback of Notre Dame characters. So it was Esmeralda. I had, that, I had a store-bought dress. And I like spray painted my hair black. That was it. Um, And then my brother, my mom like sewed a pillow into a shirt for him and like made him this little Quasimodo outfit. It was so cute. But it was like the hump was bigger than he was.
0: At least it was just a pillow. I remember when I was little, my mom wanted me to be Snow White just because I was such a pale child, (laughs) a pale, dark haired child.
1: (laughs) You have to. It's your your culture.
0: And And I was like, no absolutely not like i'm standing up for all the pale dark haired <laughs> children um and i remember it's funny because it's the same age my son is when i was like seven or eight i wanted to be ghost face and i was ghost face for <laughs> halloween i had this scream mask and i was like yes i have broken free from the curse of snow white it's a legacy i love that it is i know i grew up religious too and this is like the weird thing because i went to a fundy church that was like you know wild like I've talked about it, uh, but um, the youth pastor was really into Halloween. So they would put on like a haunted house, like a haunted thing you like walked through. They would like the whole indoor school building. They would do like fog machines and hire like the teens as actors to like <laughs> come out. And you had things you had to like crawl under and through. And then there was someone waiting at the end with a chainsaw. Like they got really into it.
1: Oh so it was like a haunted house though not like a, a hell house or a judgment journey
0: no but when i was in college one of the ministries there did put on a hell house and... i have so many feelings about those oh man and for okay listeners that are not aware a hell house is like disguised as this like haunted house experience. But you go in and you see these different vignettes that are just these like dramatic stories of like people dying uh, without getting religion and going to hell and seeing like people go to hell. Like it's just an awful traumatizing experience. And my college roommate was like part of putting that on and she would like come home and be like, come back to the dorm and talk about like, oh what a great service they were doing and how she just like really felt a part of I'm like, okay. <laughs> I the
1: I saw some of the wildest stuff in Hell Houses. Like I've seen like I've never done one.
0: You've done one?
1: Oh I've seen like three. Ooh, My me. dad was a tell youth me. pastor. So this one I remember um they had this this man that was dying of AIDS. Oh boy. Obviously. Oh. Um because Anyway, I don't have time to get into that. I know. I'm
0: like, that is. Uh, <laughs> so they had the man there. dying
1: of AIDS and they had like his family crying over him. And for some reason, they just made you stay in the moment where his family is just sobbing for way too long. I'm like, we can move on. We can move on. Let's go. And it was like really well done. Um, so it felt real. And then that same Hell House, but a different year, um, it, it was actually called Judgment Journey. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's branded. I think we're good. Um, They did an abortion gone wrong
0: scene. I'm sure it was handled with the most nuance.
1: No, was very bad. Um, I'm not even sure what I was seeing. There was just a lot of blood and there was a woman on a table and screaming.
0: Mm.
1: The worst one was we walked through this part that was supposed to simulate like the end times. So it looked like a... um, like a, like a tent city um and there were people like you know with the the barrel with the papers and the fire um just like warming themselves and people are talking about like selling their children to get food and and stuff like that and i'm like what am i supposed to
0: be learning here i don't understand yes so for listeners who uh, are not aware the end goal of this the point of this is that you're led through all these horrifying uh images and they're essentially trying to scare you into praying and accepting their religion is really what the end goal is here like you get led down and you get sent to like a person that's like oh if you don't want to end up like the people in this play like it's very gross and very manipulative and we have a lot of feelings about it clearly
1: yeah, they're also I feel like they are much gorier than any haunted house I've ever been, just unnecessarily. I'm thinking of the haunt there's a haunt around here, um, Netherworld. It's like one of the, the best in the country. I last time I went there I was I was still a vegetarian and they had this one scene that was very like Texas chainsaw deliverance esque where this man's going like, Hoo you see my pig? And he's just like <laughs> He's like, you want to eat my pig, and all this other, you know, just saying weird shit. And I just very loudly was like, I don't eat meat, sir. I don't eat meat. And the guy started laughing, and he had to like go to the side. <laughs> and I
0: broke him. They weren't prepared for that answer. Like oh. they weren't.
1: Um, I also people tend to target me because I'm only like five feet tall. They think I'm gonna be the easy scare, and I'm I'm not the easy scare. <laughs> so it's it's really unfortunate. I. I aggressively compliment the costumes instead.
0: (laughs) I'm five foot seven. They should go for me. I am absolutely the easy scare. It was like I would walk in somewhere and I'm like, I know that someone's going to pop out of that coffin. I know it. And I'm saying it out loud. I'm like, someone's going to pop out of Ah!" (laughs) that. Every single time.
1: God, uh, I've seen people get punched in haunted houses. Tis the season.
0: I have not done like a non-religious affiliated one, apparently. Uh, so maybe that's something I'm going to have to do sometime.
1: I think Pennsylvania has some good ones. Um, we ha- I think the, the Southeast has the two biggest ones in the country or whatever. My brother works at Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando, which is a different level. Never been to that, though.
0: Yeah, growing up, I know there was Knott's Berry Farm would turn into Knott's Scary Farm. Like, that was a big one. Um, I think Universal there, yeah, would put on there. Big halloween horror nights
1: huge because they use the sets from the movies and stuff so their production value is a little higher
0: that is on the bucket list i know that there are a ton of movies that are horror movies that are set during this special night i would say maybe one beloved franchise
1: maybe has it in the title <laughs> i think it's ending or someone's dying
0: oh my i comes out this Friday as of this recording it has not come out yet
1: my my fiance's like are you gonna watch that one like he was almost just like disappointed and I I replied like equally disappointed I was just like yeah it, I know well
0: yeah I know my husband was like are you gonna and I'm like I I have to because I have to be part of the discussion I don't have to but I'm like I just I need to know what's going on and he's like but you were the reason these keep getting made because of people like you that will watch it no matter what. But it's
1: ending. <laughs> I mean, that's what horror fans do. We will go to shitty films just because we like to have fun.
0: When did you first watch Halloween? I guess the original. Or was that your first experience with the Halloween franchise? Did you start at one?
1: I started at the first one. I caught it on AMC during Fear Fest one year. AMC Fear Fest really raised me. I feel like it It nourished me and it fed me. Um, I would just... Anything that was on, I would just have the TV on. And if I caught, like, I'd catch, like, the end of Cabin Fever or, like, the beginning of Halloween H2O. Um, Just, it's not a good example.
0: No, that's funny because I was just listening to uh, This Ends at Prom. And they just did the original Halloween. And they both talked about, like, Harmony and BJ were talking about how, like, they got in through AMC Fear Fest, Like, that was where they watched it the first time. So you are not alone.
1: Yeah, it was edited censored certain yeah. parts obviously um so by the time I, I think i finally watched it as a movie on its own i think was in that was in college um and i was just like oh there's a lot there's a lot more in here
0: it's a lot like, more. Sex. i don't there's remember that
1: stabbing yeah there's a lot more nudity they didn't show that one but they showed the scene from cabin fever where she's shaving her legs so i don't know
0: i think about that scene Every time I shave my legs.
1: It's every day. <laughs> every,
0: every single day
1: I think I think about Cabin Fever. And I don't even... That's one of those I watch it every year, but I don't even know if I like it. I just kind of make myself watch it. It's that one and Pet Cemetery and Cujo. Those are like the three I have to watch.
0: On oh, during this time.
1: Yeah, I, I will say the three I have to watch that I'm not sure I still like. I got you. Um, There's, I mean, obviously, Trick or Treat, The Shining, and all that, but I like those. These are just like, it's like a a family obligation. I have to go visit my weird uncle.
0: Yeah, it's like a family dinner you go to, and you're like, why am I here? I, yeah, I did not like Cabin Fever, but that scene still, I think, was effective, and that it absolutely scarred me, as we can, as you can see.
1: Yeah, I Um, saw that movie at, like, 13, and... No,
0: but you mentioned uh another popular Halloween anthology film,
1: Trick or Treat, which uh, I've had people ask if my if mine is related to that, but it's they're spelled different. It's not. I wish they were related. I wish I just got to write Trick or Treat IP. I don't know if that's a thing, but I would write it.
0: It's gotta be. I'm sure you got to write like the novelization. Would it be an anthology? An antho- It's not really, like, a novel. (laughs) I'm, like, really trying to, like, think about this. I'm, like, if this were, if this got a novelization. You could make it a novel. You could, yeah. With,
1: like, interconnected parts or, like, a frame narrative. I wouldn't, but you could do that.
0: (laughs) I saw that for the first time a few years ago. It is absolutely, it's a must watch, I think, for this time of year. It's so good. You have little, little Sam. I love him. I love the Anna Paquin storyline i think that's probably my favorite although i think that the overarching like bus driver one is like pretty good i don't know there's a lot like there's not really a weak story yeah in the anthology it's really good one that i recently started watching every year is haunt that i was like really impressed with
1: i don't know if i've I've seen that one just h-a-u-n-t i have to look it up because i cannot remember if i've seen it no (gasps) Brianna you have to an extreme haunted house yes this sounds like a like a creepypasta like a no sleep
0: story so I yeah I could see that it does have those the vibes the vibes are there great okay that's what I'm doing tonight But I, I don't know. I really like that one. I think it has like a good script where like all the elements kind of like come back around. Like I think it does a good job of like, here's this information. This will come back later. And then setting this like effective haunted house. And I'm always like, I don't know. I'm like, it's good. Every time I watch it, I'm like, great. I don't know. Is it, it. is
1: it found footage or is it just? No. Okay. Because it kind footage. of sounds like the house is October built, which is found footage. Um, but that one, I need to watch that one again when I'm not drunk because the only two times i've seen it i was just it was like the third movie at a halloween party so that's the level
0: we were at i have started and stopped it like many times and i always get like 20 minutes in and i'm like i don't think i like this and i'm like i'm not gonna force myself to finish it and then two years later i'm like you know what i think i'll give it another try and then it happens again i get like 20 minutes in and i'm like i don't think i like this and i'm not gonna force myself to finish it and we're just on this ongoing
1: yeah I it keeps getting recommended to me and I feel bad just be like I didn't want to finish it but that's valid because I do the same with books. I still feel guilt about that though.
0: Oh speaking of found footage though Hell House LLC. Oh I love it. I love it so much. yeah so
1: scary. The clown in the basement. Oh god. <clears throat>
0: oh my gosh that unnerved me. Well the whole time I was up until that point, I was watching it and I was like, okay, like, okay. But, you know, I've mentioned before, I have a thing with like dolls. And that was kind of doll adjacent. And yeah, just this clown. You turn away, you put the camera back and it's moved. Ugh. No. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it.
1: Oh, I hate it. Ugh. Um, have you seen Ganjam Haunted Asylum? Yes. But that I don't remember
0: stayed. much about it.
1: Yeah, that's a scary okay. one. That's that's pretty much all I remember so I was like oh at one point while I was watching it I was just like oh holy shit. I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually frightened and then uh, I've heard what is a dead stream or something like that has been recommended to me
0: that's like brand new right
1: yeah someone thought it was it's been funny someone thought it was unboxed my play because they're kind of similar same same vibe like you yeah. know like shitty live streamer trying to make up for it yeah and mm-hmm. I was like this is right up my alley, but I haven't started it yet because I'm afraid I'll love it and I'm afraid I'll make it my entire personality. So I'm just like staying away from it for my own good, I guess.
0: Yeah, holding off on it for a bit. Um, also, did you watch Hellfest? The one about the people that go to the like amusement park on Halloween and there's like a little haunted house walkthrough.
1: No.
0: I think that one's on Netflix, but that was pretty good. I'm
1: looking at that one too. I haven't heard of that.
0: Uh, night of the Demons, also set on Halloween night. You've seen that or the remake? No, you're you're giving me some good ones. My two year old has discovered Halloween Town. And she loves it. She wants to watch it basically every day. Um, she does love Hocus Pocus too doesn't want to watch hocus pocus one like i try to recommend it i'm like it gives you a little bit more context like we kind of yeah kind of explains who these these ladies are and what's going on she's like no hocus pocus two okay (laughs)
1: um i used to joke that like growing up you're either like a hocus pocus kid or a halloween town kid you can like both but there's definitely one that you prefer for me it Uh, was halloween town
0: i was halloween town i didn't i had seen hocus pocus like once or twice um a few years ago our township did a drive-in like it was like during covid you know so like all of us were like in our cars and they put it up on the big screen um and that was fun but i'm like yeah like i don't know i wasn't a big hocus pocus girly growing up big halloween town person person,
1: oh yeah i wanted to live in halloween town
0: i did put house of a thousand corpses in here though as i've mentioned many times not quite my jam but i know a lot of listeners really like it and it is uh halloween centric but if you love it, it that's very cool. cool um i actually forgot it was on halloween
1: somehow i'm not i'm not a big i'm not a big rob zombie fan um
0: yeah he's so, a yeah he's just not my taste no he's a he's a specific i was gonna say a, acquired taste he's a specific flavor i don't know how to put it like he well, is
1: it's like it's like eli roth Mm hmm. Also, I'm like, also,
0: mm.
1: (laughs) how did I know?
0: This episode is brought to you by Fangoria, the world's best horror and cult film magazine since 1979. Listeners can use code books in the freezer to get 20% off their order. That includes, of course, merchandise and first time subscriptions and single issues of the magazine. Not only are there tons of articles and interviews about upcoming horror movies, there's a regular segment by Stephen Graham Jones all about slashers called Slasher Nation. So you're going to want a copy. So again, that is code books in the freezer. And thank you, Fangoria, for supporting the show. All right. Well, should we talk about some books? We should. So I feel like this is a theme when you come on, because last time we did found footage and I talked about scan lines and I'm like, this is a deeply sad and depressing book. Uh, So I have brought another melancholy story. I bring you The Night Country by Stuart Onan. Mm. Yeah, well, I saw this on a lot of lists. I'm like, oh, this is a... It's so sad. It's so sad yes i didn't know it would be that sad because it was just on reading lists it's like oh if you're looking for like halloween reads like this is on the list it takes place it's a ghost story it takes place in new england on halloween night i was like okay so this takes place in the new england town of avon on halloween where the year before a car full of teenagers died in an awful car accident the story is narrated through the three teenagers that died um, that are kind of visiting the different people that were affected by the car crash Um, two of the teenagers survived one of them you know seemingly physically unscathed the other one with serious brain damage two were He's going to have to be taken care of by his parents, essentially, for the rest of his life. So you are following the police officer that was kind of chasing them when they lost control of the car. And so there is a lot of, like, blame that he's placing on himself and guilt that he is living with, like, around especially the anniversary. You are following um, both of the survivors. You're following Kyle. Kyle is the one who... Um, sustained really bad brain damage. You're following like his mother as she's like you know looking at what her life is now and really struggling with a lot of tough feelings about what happened and you know she's one of the lucky ones like her son survived this but her life is so different now than what it was and his life is different now and you know all the dreams that they had for each other and like what does that mean now oh my gosh this book made me cry I'm like <laughs> several I'm like times like tearing up just remembering it
1: I mean, that book made me cry so hard I almost threw up
0: which is it's easy to do I was just not expecting to be hit with something so emotional and then jake i think is the the teenager that survived unscathed who just um but he had his girlfriend on his lap like and they weren't buckled in and so you know the whole book he's just like looking at pictures of them and remembering and it's like oh my gosh like just it's a lot it is so much so you are like following this whole town that is just overwrought with grief and um you know, narrated through, like, these kind of snarky teenagers, like, making jokes, like, oh, like, I see you, like, it's okay, blah, 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 and it's just, like, a weird mix of tone that I think works very well to cut the tension and cut this, like, just onslaught of sadness. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and it is really well done. I think if you know that it's going to be emotionally draining going into it, I feel like that's better than if you're just kind of blindsided, Um, because I would say it's worth reading.
0: Beautiful story. I highlighted like several passages. I think Stuart Onan is such a good writer from like the few things I've picked up from him. I think he does this slice of life Mm -hmm. story really well. Like I I mentioned it in a previous episode, but he did one called Last Night at the Lobster. Have you read that? No. Uh, But it's about this red lobster and it's following the shift of people that work there and it's like the last night before this red lobster is shut down and you're following like if you've ever worked at a restaurant you you get the like relationships with people but really getting into like who are these people what are they going with what is what are they going through what is driving them as they're like going through their shift and like this is going wrong and that is going wrong but they also have like interpersonal drama and issues outside of it and it's like so masterfully done for that being the premise <laughs> of the story he also did one called songs for the missing which I think I can see he's kind of played around in that playground before because it's about a like teen girl that goes missing and you're following like her family and her boyfriend kind of in the months and years after that and like how that affects them I think in a situation where there is no closure there is no body there is no answers like how do you move on can you move on how do you process that that also
1: seems very sad
0: yeah I'm like he likes uh, hard hitting topics so I as far as rating goes um, I would say this is room temperature it is a technically a ghost story set on Halloween I would not go into it with those expectations this is a tearjerker Um, I would say this is definitely horror adjacent going more for tears than tension That is The Night Country by Stuart O'Nan.
1: So my first pick, I'm really excited. Uh, It's Clown in a Cornfield by Adam Caesar. It's YA YA horror. Uh, It surprised me in how gory it was for YA because I I think if I hadn't known it was YA, I wouldn't have guessed that because some of the kills were very brutal. Bloody, gory, just, uh, it was a lot. Um, And it's about this this girl named Quinn Maybrook. she moves this this small town with her dad and um there's this tension in the town because the corn syrup factory i think it is shut down and you know a lot of people rely on it for jobs and then you have kind of the new money and the new people coming in and there's you know class tension and all of that and uh there's the bay pen the company that shut down their mascot was this really scary clown named Frendo, and he is the the clown in the cornfield um someone dressed up as Frendo during the their big kind of founders festival just starts a martyr spree and as the book unfolds you realize that there are multiple people dressed as Frendo um killing people and then it gets worse because they're killing kids um and i know I'm not even a mother, but anytime I read something where kids are getting killed, it's like 10 times worse. Um, but it, it's very good. There's a sequel. I can't say anything about the sequel because I just started it, um, but I'm enjoying it so far. I would say if you're a fan of Scream, you'll probably like this. All of mine I've tried to tie to, like, different movies. Um, so, yeah, and it, in terms of scariness, I would say it's, it's just like a fridge because... Violence doesn't necessarily scare me, but I did think about some of the kills, and it was pretty brutal. But yes, that is "Clown in a Cornfield" by Adam Caesar.
0: I had so much fun with that one. That's such a good pick. And yeah, I I did feel like it was very scream adjacent, or yeah, very much delving into that like teen slasher where it's like fun but also violent. Uh, Adam Caesar is great. I also I have I have the sequel in my audiobook library just like waiting
1: yeah it's fun so far so far the sequel where I'm at kind of deals with like moving on from trauma so it's I really like I love when horror sequels explore that idea like when they actually have characters reacting to the events of the first film instead of just like acting like it didn't happen
0: yes yeah I am very excited to delve into that uh my second pick I did something very different Um, I went with like a travel memoir. It is Season with the Witch, The Magic and Mayhem of Halloween in Salem, Massachusetts by J.W. Ocker. And he basically lives my dream where he spends the entire month of October in Salem, Massachusetts, like with his family and writes about it and like goes interviews people that have lived there and goes to all the attractions. Oh, my God. Yeah, right. I'm like. This was my dream. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read this one either. I was really excited to read it. He has a new book that just came out, The United States of Cryptids. Like he did that. Um, oh, I have that book. So this was one of his like uh, previous books. He's in a lot of like horror nonfiction because um, he did the I also have his other one like the Cursed Objects where he talks about like Annabelle and yes. stuff like that. Um, so yeah, this was like a travel memoir as he spent a month there, and he talks about like how busy it gets, and it was so hard for him to even find a place to stay for that long. That like he had like arrangements for like half the month, and then he like made friends that like let his family stay in their house for like the other half of the month, just because it is impossible to get arrangements for that long of a stay. There is. Like a whole parade, literally on the first of October, to kick off the official Halloween season. A fun fact is that it's the third most popular Halloween tourism destination behind Derry, Ireland, which I was like, my first thought was, but this would have been an episode of Derry Girls. And then I was like, no, it wouldn't have because it was during the Troubles.
1: <laughs> oh, no.
0: That was like my immediate second thought, because I was like, why isn't there an episode of Dairy Girls where like they're getting ready for all the tourists that are going to come in? And I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I literally forgot the setting of Dairy Girls. for." Yeah,
1: the tone is not the
0: same. Uh, No, I don't think that was a high time for Halloween tourism. Uh, But apparently it is now like I was looking online and they have a huge parade. They have like fireworks. They have a bunch of stuff like it is, the I guess, the top destination I think I mean I think the top destination in Europe Wild. Uh, but the second one was Anoka Minnesota which Minnesota people I really am going to need more information on that they've branded it the Halloween capital of the world I know Shane Hawk has a
1: book called Anoka yeah that's the the only association I know of I cannot believe that Salem is not the most popular because I I know every single year at least one person is like oh are you gonna go to Salem I've never been up there everyone just assumes that's the thing I do I want to go sometime but I'm just like I don't like huge crowds they're just just
0: very into it yeah Um, so I thought that was really interesting but it was also a lot of contemplation on like the interesting uh, separation of like the history of Salem versus like how it is now where it's like ooh like everything is witches uh, and oh, like the person that ran the trials, like, oh, their house is like a spooky, like, photo op destination now. And I thought it was like, yeah, like their high schools, like their mascot is witches, like their police force have, like, witches on broomsticks on their cars. Like, it is like, the that is the town mascot, the town symbol. That's so weird. And so I, was I guess a lot I didn't of, think about that. Yeah, so like a lot of, like, how do you deal with uh, the history <laughs> and with this? Uh, which I thought was like very interesting. But also I follow a lot of horror people on TikTok and I feel like all of them are in Salem right now making TikToks and I'm jealous here. Like, hmm. and this Some, didn't help. Someday I'll get up the- <laughs> I'm gonna make the pilgrimage. Me too. So that, I mean, it's a travel memoir. I would say extremely room temperature. It's not going for scares, but that is Season with the Witch, the Magic and Mayhem of Halloween in Salem, Massachusetts by J.W. Ocker.
1: I'm going to, I'm definitely going to pick that one up. Uh, my next one is dead leaves by Keelan, Patrick Burke. It is uh, a collection of nine scary stories, well, subjective, uh, but they are all set on or around Halloween. Um, there's varying levels. So there's, you know, there's stories that deal with grief. There's stories that deal with um, the idea of like an urban legend and, um, it's a little bit of everything, and it is very short, but Keelan's prose is just... I don't know. It's just so good. I love his writing style. I feel like he's very good at putting you in the moment of something. Um, and, uh, yeah, I also love that the cover just screams Halloween, because it's the, the orange leaves, and it's got, like, the pumpkins. It's just perfect for Halloween. And um, it, it didn't scare me, so I... I would almost say room temperature, but there, there are some there are some things in there that might scare other people. So it's room temperature for me, but maybe fridge, depending on what, what scares you. And that was Dead Leaves by Caitlin Patrick Burke.
0: I've seen that around, and it is very autumnal.
1: Yeah, it's sadder than I was expecting also. Huh. There's, a, there's a touch of grief horror in there. Hmm.
0: That's one I've been wanting to pick up, so...
1: I um, will have, have to do, do that. that. It's about the size of um, the trick-or-treater. Okay. They're, they're similar sizes.
0: My last pick is Benny Rose, the cannibal king by Haley Piper. This is a novella. It is part of the rewind or die series. And this is a kind of urban legend slasher um, about a town in Vermont that has a local legend of the cannibalistic Benny Rose. And we follow kind of this group of girls that wants to play a prank on this new girl Halloween night and kind of like prank her about like, ooh, Benny Rose, the urban legend, but uh uh-oh, he might be realer than they all imagined. This was a lot of fun, but I also really liked a lot of the things that it got into. And I think kind of similar to Clown in a Cornfield, I think that folk horror element that's like, Who in this town do we either like place blame on or are we willing to sacrifice? Like who do we see as expendable in order to like keep our peace? Like what is our peace worth and is it like certain people's lives? And uh, there was like a lot of good plot twists in here that I didn't see coming and I just I really liked the kind of like badass like final girl gang of it like I think at the end when you know I think like the final scene um you're just like good for you all I won't say who survives like that's like I'm being very vague here but like those of you that are still standing you deserve it that one's Um, a lot of fun it is really fun um so this is available like on Kindle Unlimited. And if you have hoopla, like I did, the audiobook is there. If you're a big audiobook person like me and a library person, it's a good one to, to check out. It's a very it's a novella, so I think it was only like three or four hours. Um it's definitely worth checking out. That is Benny Rose The Cannibal King by Haley Piper.
1: My last one is The October Boys by Adam Millard. Have you have you read this one?
0: No, I've seen this one around though.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I, I just, I feel like I just started seeing it, but I don't actually know when it came out. It feels very Black Phone-esque to me. Ooh, okay. Um, mm -hmm. in terms of, there's this town where this guy's snatching up kids, and, um, the, the word on the street is that he drives an ice cream van, and they call him the Ice Cream Man. Not the most original nickname, but that's what he's (laughs) called, and, uh. In in the story, this adult man is recounting his childhood growing up with this tragedy and with, you know, people he knew getting snatched up and never being seen or heard from again, and one of his friends gets taken one night when they're all out, Um, so he goes back to this town where all of this happened this night, so many Halloweens ago, um, to kind of put together the pieces of the puzzle and get some answers, and it feels like it in that it's like a group of adults coming together to experience something as adults, they experience as children. And there's kind of the feeling of there's like an impending battle and there's a life or death stakes. And it's just very, it's black phone meets it, but it's, it feels more real to me. Hmm. It's not as big, like, you know, it has like the alien and the cosmic situation. Um, And it's just a person and people are terrible sometimes. Uh, It's kind of, it's kind of sad. I would say, I would say it's more room temperature. There were, there are no like on page jump scares or anything like that. But just the idea of someone in your town is taking kids and there's nothing you can do about it. That that's uncomfortable to say the least, but it takes place on Halloween. And, um, I'm a sucker for the the coming-of-age trope, and there's a little bit of that in, in there as well. So if you're into that too, you'll probably like it. It's The October Boys by Adam Millard.
0: Ooh, I didn't know that that's what it was about. That was just like a cover I had seen around, and when I was like, oh, like maybe I'll pick that one up for this episode. So oh, I'm glad to hear that that's what it's about. I will be moving that up my TBR. Um, Also, I didn't mention this at the top of the episode, but... Halloween Horror was one of the very early episodes that uh, I did with Rachel, so if you're wondering why, like, I didn't mention The Halloween Tree or things like that, it is because you can go back and listen, and those were closer to our picks over there. I remember I also read Haunted Nights, um, which was an anthology edited by Ellen Datlow that had really good stories. Like, I still strongly stand by that if you love, like, a Halloween anthology. Yeah, it was very good. It had like, had like Sean and McGuire has like John Langan has just like really solid Halloween uh, short stories in there. So really liked that. Um, I don't remember what my other pick was for that one. I know those were my two is that I read the Halloween tree and it was a while like... Yeah, I'm like, it was years ago. I don't want to do math. I am bad at math. But
1: I tried to pick ones that I hadn't seen as mm-hmm. often. Um, or that just were newer. Because mm-hmm. I, f- I felt like a lot of the same ones, like the Ellen Datlow one, that one's very good, but it gets mentioned a lot. And the Halloween tree, obviously, and Something Wicked This Way Comes. It's and very I, good.
0: I also thought about doing uh, The October Country by Ray Bradbury, but I just did uh, The Illustrated Man on Space Horror. So I was like, I'm going to give Ray Bradbury a brick. Those <laughs> are our picks. This episode is brought to you by LibroFM. LibroFM is the first and only company which lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 150,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a different story, one that supports community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best, booksellers, I mean, and us. We also have a playlist on there full of books that have been recommended on this podcast. Books in the Freezer special offer, you get two audiobooks for the price of one, just $14.99, with your first month of membership using code FREEZERBOOK. This offer is valid for new members in Canada and the United States. Thank you, Libro.fm, for supporting the show. So, Brianna, what have you been enjoying in horror recently?
1: So, I love video games. Um, There are two spooky video games that I just played, and I hyper-focused on both of them to the point that um, I spent like two whole days literally just on the computer, which wasn't great for other aspects of my life, but it, it was fun. The first one was Madison, which is like you have a camera and you're exploring your family's old house, and you can only... There are certain parts, certain puzzles you can only solve by taking a photo. And it's like a Polaroid camera. So you have like the, you have to wait for it to develop. And uh, there are certain scenes where you're in the dark and you're just like snapping the picture. And you're shaking the, your character, shaking the Polaroid. And you're like, come on, come on. Oh, but the, the story, I didn't love the story in that one. At the end, it got kind of weird. But the puzzles were fun and the, the ambiance was very good. Um, And then the other one was the mortuary assistant, uh, which I played the demo of probably a year ago. You are a mortuary assistant. It's like your first real night on the job after having an internship. And uh, you get locked in the funeral home by this man who is like, you have a demon inside you. Um, And it might be there might be some inside these other bodies as well. So I can't let you out until you find the other demon. So you're embalming these bodies, and you're also looking for signs of demonic activity. That game scared the shit out of me. It is so short, but the amount of like jump scares and just your character starts to hallucinate on top of the demonic activity. So it's just, it's just like. You'll, you'll go in the morgue and you'll come back around and try to bring somebody to the table, and there will just be this little, like, spectral figure on top of the cabinet. There's no, like, musical singer or anything. You just see him. It's like I had full body chills. Uh, but the, that one was really short, but it was good. Um, so those are, those are my two. And then I've also been watching Chucky, the TV show, because I'm a sucker for child's play.
0: I guess I'm waiting until the season ends up on Peacock. So i like checked as soon as it premiered i was like oh is it gonna be on here it's not okay
1: when i tweeted that i had so many people dm me and they're like i didn't know it wasn't gonna be on peacock and i'm like yeah we all we all found found that out together so
0: we don't have cable this no. day and age.
1: the first episode is on youtube okay of the new season on sci channel if you want to check that out
0: Ooh, i might I know I talked about two episodes ago that Shutter's doing the like 101 scariest movie moments, uh, but alongside it, they are doing uh, "Queer for Fear," which is like, um, like LGBTQ themes in horror, and it's been so interesting because it's kind of going through like chronologically. Um, so, like, the first episode was, like, movies in the 30s and, like, the Haze Code, and um, it was just been, it's been so fun. People and there are hilarious. Uh, there was discourse about stuff I'm not going to get into on this podcast, but it was cracking me up. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know what to you're see. talking about now. Yep. I, I think like, any, anyone, all... anyone that's watched it, Rebecca, it is about Rebecca. Anyone that's watched it will know exactly what I'm talking
1: about. As a queer woman, I have had, I'm pretty sure I had that argument with at least one of my queer friends. So I was
0: like... That is hilarious. Um, It was cool. And I got to see like familiar faces on there, like BJ Colangelo, who's been on the podcast, I think was talking about like specifically the Hayes Code around that time. And just like so fascinating and just learning about stuff i didn't know about like tony perkins i did not know like hardly anything about him i discovered um outside that he was norman bates in psycho um kind of sad and heartbreaking yeah it was sad but like very interesting and I have been looking forward to it premiering for a really long time so I was like yeah so there's like new episodes I think they drop every Friday and then the 101 scariest movie moments drop every Wednesday so it's been like really fun to kind of gauge what I get to watch based on those episode drops so that's something I've been enjoying Brianna, you know, the second tradition that we have on this podcast is we like to ask our guests for a final girl song.
1: I chose Tear You Apart by She Wants Revenge because I am always an emo kid. Just always. (laughs) So yeah, that is Tear You Apart by She Wants Revenge. It's just, it's just fun.
0: It is fun. It's a good song. Uh, I will be sure to add that on there. Well, Brianna, thank you so much for coming on and getting spooky and talking about Halloween horror. Thanks again for having me. Books in the Freezer is a bi-weekly podcast. We post episodes every other Tuesday. Usually this one's dropping on Monday because, of course, it's Halloween. You can find us on Twitter at Books Freezer Pod, on Instagram at Books in the Freezer, on TikTok at Books in the Freezer, or send us an email at booksinthefreezer at gmail.com. And just a little note from earlier in the episode, At the time of recording, I hadn't finished the final season of Dairy Girls, which, tears to my eyes, I can't believe it's over. It was perfect. Uh, But anyway, there was an episode in this season where they did have a big Halloween party, um, but it didn't seem to be tourist-heavy, I guess, in the way that it was portrayed. Um, Also, anyone that has been to Dairy for Halloween please let me know all about it. I would love to hear about it. And absolutely anyone from Anoka, please send me all the pictures. I want to hear all of these details. Also, after recording this, I saw several posts online about Salem being super overwhelmed by the amount of tourists and that it makes it very hard for the people that live there year round. So I'm thinking perhaps if I go up there in the future, it might not be October, maybe I'll do November or something where it's not super overwhelming. Uh, And maybe just less busy all around. I think it just might make it a more pleasant experience for everyone involved. Happy spooky season, listeners. Um, If you are looking for a way to show your support for books in the freezer, there are quite a few ways to do that. One of them is to leave a review on a site like Apple Podcasts. Just take a few minutes write a sentence or two, leave a star rating. All of that is huge and it really helps. You also have this option on Spotify where you don't have to write anything. You can just leave a star rating. So if you don't want to take the time to write something, that is an easy option as well. You can also become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash books in the freezer. There's like a one, a three and a $5 level where you get early episodes, uh, group chats, movie nights. So check that out if that sounds interesting to you. You can also use affiliate links. That's kind of a win-win situation where you can get yourself something. And then a small percentage of that goes to help the podcast. You can check several of those links out in the show notes. So things like Fangoria, FM, and we have an Amazon link. So thank you so much to those of you who have done that. It is a huge help. I'm Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter at Lady underscore Ganya. That's L-A-D-Y underscore g a g n o n. Or on Instagram at that's what she read and that is that's with two A's. So thank you for listening and see you next time on Books in the Freezer.